Welcome to Stewarding Our Trials with the Good Stewards. I'm Becca. I'm Chris. And we are a couple who recognizes the power of testimony, and our goal is to encourage each other with the examples of the trials we've faced. Episode one will be a little bit different since we're going to start by interviewing each other. stewarding our trials. Today we have the incomparable, incredible Felicia Spratley with us. Felicia. Hi. <laughs> it's so fun to have her here. Uh, if you don't know her in real life, she is one of the most joyful, encouraging, wise, biblically knowledged women I think I've ever known in my entire life. So it is an honor to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you. That was such a great intro. <laughs> that's that's the goal. <laughs> and uh, what's a little bit of a bio about you? For people who don't know you, who is Felicia Spratley? Felicia Spratley, I am a mother of three beautiful daughters, um, Maya Amaris and Faith. I am the wife of Derek Spratley, and we have lived in Knoxville. It was funny thinking about it. We were like, it's 27 years. Time has flown. And I, I uh, met Becca um, at Rooted Oaks some years ago, Yeah, which has been a blessing. And I'm just so excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes, because one of the things, uh, some insight behind the curtain for all of you listeners, is each time I have asked somebody to be part of this podcast, I have asked them to pray about what topic we're going to cover because it's their trial, it's their life, and so I wanted to make sure that they feel comfortable in that conversation. And uh, Felicia has chosen a very real, very raw topic uh, that I fully support and am actually quite excited to delve into. And also, this is just a reminder that these are real things we've walked through, and it's okay that it's hard things because we're told that. We will walk through hard things in our lives. And also, it's so sweet to see how God gets the glory through it all. Yes. So, with that being said, Felicia, what is the trial that you have walked through that has made a big impact on your life? Well, first, I would like to say that it's funny. When you first asked me what we were going to talk about, I just I instantly thought of one thing without praying about it. And that was going to be... Not an easy, but a semi-easy um, conversation. But when I actually asked the Lord what he wanted me to talk to you about, he gave me the harder of the two. And um, I'm going to actually talk about something that I'm still in the process. And I'm not sure if it's not going to be something that's a continual process of just how he heals, but then also the wounds that are brought and then again how he heals. So what I'm going to talk about is um, just fatherlessness and what that has been to me. When you say fatherlessness, what has been your experience with that? So experience, <laughs> that's, that's a, that is that's truly the, the right word. It has been um, to where when I was younger, um, I, I did have a dad in my life, um, very present, according to my mom. I didn't realize that until older. Um, she said that he and I were like together all the time. And at some point they, um, there was a divorce and um, 
I guess when he divorced her, he divorced me as well. And so I don't have any memories of him being present throughout my childhood. Oh, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And so with that, you know, you know, growing up with a father not in the home, but knowing that, um, there, that there was a, well, actually I didn't know it was a boy. I, I really didn't know until I got older and realized, which sounds crazy. You would think, of course you would know there's a boy, right? But, um, you know, that was my reality. That was what I walked through. And so I knew there was this man called dad because my mom was very good, very, very good of, um, sending me to his family on this in in the summertime she didn't go like she actually made a point to make their family like my family and um he wasn't there but they were so with that being said um when I was a teacher and I had students that did not have a father in the home and they were being raised by a mom That was one of the main things that I would actually say to them is to never talk negatively about their father in their presence. My mom was so good, and I don't even know if she did it on purpose, but it just, she never, we never talked about a dad. We never talked about him, good or bad. And so I think for me, that was such a blessing because it never gave me this negative view of him. And so I was able to, whatever forming of who he was came from how he interacted or did not interact, not someone else imposing their their experience mm-hmm. on me. And so I, I, so that is something I would say is, if you have a child and I know that you are going through the process, um, that was a blessing for me to not have anyone telling me how I should view my relationship with my dad. That's fantastic. The fact that you got to, you got to create your understanding of your dad based on your own experience and not someone else's. I think that is beautiful and not done often. So Kudos to your mom. I know. I, I do have to give her that. So in in this trial of fatherlessness, growing up without a dad, adulthood, walking through many trials in our lives, what have you learned about God through this trial of being fatherless? What I've learned about God is that he's so much bigger than man. And not only is he bigger than man, but that he really is a good father. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a forming image of what was being built incorrectly until life crisis hit. And then I realized I had some bad, because of my the way I perceived my earthly father, when crisis hit, I put that same image on my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first thing in the Lord's prayer is, my father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so the thing is, when you have a misunderstanding of an earthly father, your heavenly father's image is distorted. I guess what was inside that I didn't know was in there 
to actually crumble and let that foundation of that was not true layer it with complete truth in who God really is and not what he wasn't, an absentee father, one who did not care, one that did not, um, that was not going to uplift me and support me. And um, which ties into uh, my crisis, which um, was, is a separate trial, but it, it bleeds into the reality of where father, fatherlessness hit was um, the fact that I did have a daughter. I was pregnant and she died. You know, when you first are in love, fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with God, you're like, he's the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. And because I didn't have this great relationship with a, a, a earthly father, I did not realize that when I would call out to my heavenly father, that the words that were coming out of my mouth were, are you a good dad? I didn't think that you would allow this to happen because that's something that he would have done. And so it was just the reality of I had totally put on him what my earthly father was in absence of. I love that you talked about your learning that our earthly fathers are not who our heavenly father is. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but give me like three words to describe who heavenly father, who God is to you. He is, and this is what I'm loving, is he really is love. And because I'm learning that he is love, I am learning that he really is good. And because he's so good, he is caring. I love the moments in life, and I think you would agree with this, where I can zoom out and I can see God's like crafty little details and that he cares that much. We, we were talking about this off mic a little bit ago of seeing where God has brought something new in my life that it's the tiniest detail, but it was like, I saw it for a diamond of, mm -hmm. Oh God, you cared and you cared enough to place this into my life at a time where I could receive it and step into it and say, yes, mm -hmm. because that's who you are. And mm -hmm. because that's who you want me to be too. Like yes. you want me to step into being loving and caring and good. Yes. Oh, what I also, I think the, the most fun part of, I guess getting to know him as the good father that he is, is now when I read his stories, his word, I don't see him as this unapproachable, mean, um, you know, you do one thing wrong and then it's, you're done. Right. I now can look at the story, even when you're looking at the story of Cain and Abel, and you see his love so, so fervent that he literally says to Abel, Cain, Cain, we're going to, that how much the enemy is trying to take him out. And he's like, I'm going to give you another chance to get it right. Like even seeing that to me was like this revelation of, oh, you care. And not only do you care, you care deeply. 
And that to me was and has been, I think, the greatest gift because I remember there was a moment that when we would sing the song, You're a Good, Good Father, that there were times that I struggled with saying those words because I was like, are you a good, good father? You know, and now I can stand even in the hard and know, oh, yeah, you're a good, good father. And that to me has been one of like one of the gifts that he's given me that um, that no one else can take away. Absolutely. So we've got to hear what you learned about God through this process and who God is to you. What have you learned about you through this trial? What have I learned about me? Actually, I guess you could say, what am I learning about me? And that is that um, that I can be loved. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think for so long I thought that I was broken because of if your dad doesn't want you, what in the world? <laughs> you know, and so through that, I think I've, I'm learning that I have value. The biggest thing is that I am not an orphan. Because when you think you're an orphan, then you hoard and you don't share. And you are, um, and that's a place where you actually, you don't allow what someone else has and what you have to stay in the same space. Mm-hmm. And a daughter can actually sit in the house and belong. And that's what I'm learning. I love that because I also grew up, uh, my parents separated when I was 11, walked through a divorce a few years later, and then we moved to Tennessee and my relationship with my dad was very sparse through my teenage years and even into my early 20s. Um, and the scarcity that I had, so when you talked about like hoarding, mm-hmm. the scarcity that I had around my value and my worth and what I could be given mm-hmm. was so minimal. And when we when I choose to believe the things God says about me mm-hmm. and about his daughters in scripture, when he, when he talks about his beloved children, mm-hmm. I am one of them. Yes. And the abundance of God and who he is mm-hmm. and that I get that. Like, that is my inheritance. Yes. Yes. It blows my brain. <laughs> And also, the enemy really likes Mm -hmm. to keep us small Mm -hmm. and to keep us quiet and to keep us in a box of scarcity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially around who God is. I think you brought it up earlier about Adam and Eve and that, what what was it about Adam? His, uh, the enemy's first lie was your, your dad isn't good enough. Yeah. Fatherlessness is such a difficult conversation because it's rampant in the United States and all over the world, truthfully. And we see it often here. What would you say to someone who is either recently fatherless, 
has walked through fatherlessness or who is having new awareness around the craters of miss in their life due to being fatherless? That's a good question. Because it would be individually based. Mm -hmm. Because it's such a hard place to identify just how deep it went. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, if you had asked me when I was younger, hey, is it a big deal? I would have said no. And I almost joked about it as a kid. But as I got older and life shifted, you know, I think the the biggest thing is um, to stop and really um, ask yourself, how are you seeing God? And are you seeing him through those that lens of the fatherlessness Um, and get in your word and truly find like the truth in that that place of where that is because it's such it's because you know if it's been from when you were younger it's just been a part of you Mm -hmm. and so you're having to pull off lies and shed things off of yourself that you didn't even know got put on you You know, there are labels that you don't even know you're walking around with. But I think it's one of those things that, you know, if it's more recent, you're going to feel it different because you're older and you know that, like, there's that true absence. But as a a person who has just walked the walk and journeyed it, you know, it was good for me to have, like, my husband, Derek, you know, and watch his relationship with my daughters Mm -hmm. and see what I missed. And then um, to be able to then, um, I did, I I got help, you know. Some of the things is um, I had to actually ask the hard questions. I had to go into the the deeper places. And then um, once I did, um, the Lord did call me, and that's the season I'm in right now, is to come and talk to him about it and to journal about it and to let him be the one to correct First, I had to be honest and say, where has it hit me, Lord? Mm-hmm. And then come into his His presence and allow him to gently at times, but then strongly at times say, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that's not even you. You know, and then re- let him redefine who I was. And then as I did that, and then having a good support, you know, with my friends, but then with my, my husband. And when he sees like, Hey, that's a product of this to let him call that out in me, you know, it's hard, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And I think trusting him that he also is safe Mm -hmm. that he can, you know, pull on those strings in a way that someone else probably couldn't. I think it's just getting in that place of, um, of asking and being okay for what that looks like, the ugly, the beautiful, and and taking it all in. I, I totally agree, and I'm going to throw in my own here just because I've also experienced this to a degree, and my, my encouragement in addition to yours is absolutely get in the Word. Go to the Lord with, hey, I believe this about you. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then also surround yourself with good marriages because Brad and Carrie, Carrie was our second guest. I have watched them walk out relationships since I was eight years old. And I have seen my, my brother become an incredible husband. All of my brothers are incredible husbands and fathers and getting to witness my brothers be incredible fathers Mm -hmm. has been one of the biggest blessings Mm -hmm. that I've experienced around fatherlessness. The beautiful thing is that God uses everything, right, for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. So what would you say would be the fruit of, of this trial, of this fatherlessness? What is, what is the fruit? What is the good that has come out of walking through this in your life? The fruit that I see coming out of it is just the fact that I am, I'm more sensitive to people. I, I am a person that now I feel things in a way that probably the average person wouldn't because I have allowed myself to be vulnerable to go into a place of of being real with myself and being real with my God, my Father, and allowing Him to truly make a very ugly situation beautiful. That He has revealed Himself to me in a way that that is just unique. You know, I I can look at someone's life and I can look into somebody and I can actually recognize, hey, they're dealing with this, you know, and I I can be sensitive to where they are in their process. Because when you've gone through trials, just any trial, you become more sensitive. You become a person that, that sees. Mm -hmm. And um, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't want to necessarily walk through it again well I'm not out of it I'm still in it so you know that's just something that the Lord is now getting to work on me in a in a in a new way um and so I I'm thankful because now I, I am allowing him to be the potter and I'm the clay and he's pulling a lot of just insecurities you know, identity. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking through and I'm walking vulnerable, but becoming healed. So he is making me whole. Yeah. And I love that. I do. I, and so that's the fruit. That is the fruit that I get to see my daughter's whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, you know, something that could have been generationally and bonding um, and that they are getting to be free. And I love watching them not have to struggle with who they are and whose they are. And not only do they have a great earthly father, but they don't have any struggles to have to come to their heavenly father. Mm -hmm. So not only am I getting to see the fruit of where God is pushing me into, but I get to see the fruit of what is to come. Absolutely. I, I would actually say the fruit I see just being an outside bystander is a generational curse that has been broken Mm -hmm. that you have an incredible husband who Mm -hmm. is a beautiful example of a great father Mm -hmm. Um, and you both walk so beautifully in alignment and obedience to the lord and also in serving your family really really well 
and I just think what a gift it is to to witness that, to see that, and to know the backstory of fatherlessness, to see the beauty of the whole family, mm-hmm. and that you guys get to leave that legacy. That is now different. You have a new legacy to leave, leave, and what a gift that is. Felicia, thank you so much for your time, for being here, for sharing your story, for being willing to talk about the hard things. I, I am very grateful. And also, what's going on in your life right now? How how could people be praying and or supporting you right now? Good question. Um, I am about to go on a missions trip with Global Infusion to Costa Rica. So we're going to um, go and minister to some um, young children, um, some adults of all kinds. And so I'm excited about that. And then... Also, just in prayer that God has really called me to put the rawness of where he has me right now on paper. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm okay with where I am now with that. So just going into um, that secret place and, and just allowing him to let me put that on paper. I'll let him do what he wants to do. If you are listening and would like to hear Felicia teach, she actually does teach from time to time at our Rooted events, and recently in this new series we're walking through is called Taking Land. It is a beautiful series and filled with encouragement. So if you'd like a link, you can send us a message. We'd be glad to get that over to you. Uh, I'll also, when I post this, post a link for Felicia's fundraising for going to Costa Rica so that we, if anyone is interested in supporting in that way, we can come alongside you in that and absolutely be praying for you in this new adventure of writing down what God is walking you through. Thank you. Well, that is episode three of Stewarding Our Trials with the Good Stewards and Felicia Spratley. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time and energy, and we look forward to getting back together again soon.